Church, this morning I'm going to be reading one scripture, one verse of scripture to you, and it will lay the foundation for what we're about to discuss this morning. My time is very short for reasons that you know, so I'm going to be going very fast. Uh, I'll go as far as we can this Sunday, this service, and the rest we will do on Wednesday when we continue with this message. My scripture is found in Matthew 20, verse 16, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Matthew 20, verse 16, the New King James Version. Can you read with me? One, two, three, go. So the last will be the first, and the first the last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So the last will be the first. And that will be our portion in the name of Jesus. And for our enemies, that if they are the first, they can take last. That's their own business. But for us, we shall be first in the name of Jesus. This year, the word has come to us. And arguably for me, it's been the most profound word I probably have heard in this church. When the word came, for me, at the beginning of the year, I soak in it. I marinate myself in it. I focus on the word. Some people are saying, oh, what did Pastor Femi say? Let us compare it to what Pastor Adeboye said. Let's compare it to what person said. No, I focus on the word because this is where God has sent me and this is the man of God that he has sent to me. So he holds my word. And I sit in that word and I look at the word. I have concentrated on this word since that beginning. I have not missed one day of fasting. Even in the midst of the fact that it may be time for me to be, you know, enjoying. I am so focused on the word. And I know that is going to break me through this year in the name of Jesus. And it's going to be the same for you in the name of Jesus. So, the last will be the first. If you are in last position last year, I got news for you. This year, your position is going to change to first in the name of Jesus. I don't know who I am speaking to. The fact that you came last last year no longer matters because this year, by the word of God, by Matthew 20 verse 16, you are going to come first in the name of Jesus. Somebody's position is about to change in the name of Jesus. Somebody's destiny is about to change in the name of Jesus. If you are that person, shout a big hallelujah. Father, this morning I submit myself to you. As you have asked me to speak, use me as your oracle. Not the eloquence of my words, but your spirit that drives the message today. That every purpose that he has been set out to do, it will be accomplished in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated. The word for the year says those were 
positioned are destined to win no matter what. And I've been dissecting this word from back to front, from front to back, from up to down, and every angle. Now, during the time of Jesus Christ on earth, he often spoke in parables to illustrate his intent. And we all know about the parables, tears. Uh, any other parable? You know, can somebody help me with it? The sower. Any other parable? Sorry? Talent. And all he was trying to do with the parable is to illustrate so you can have better understanding of it. This morning, I'm not going to speak in parables, but I will engage in an illustration which should help drive the message home. Okay. Now, how many of us follow elite motor racing sports called Formula One? If you are following Formula One, put up your hand. None of you. You go, go in and come out. It doesn't matter. I don't, it's not as if I'm an ardent follower of Formula One. Okay, if you have seen a Formula One car, put up your hand. Race. Formula One. Now, guess what? Hmm? Formula One originated from European Motor Racing Championship in the 20s and 30s. It consists of a set of rules that all participants' cars must follow. Alright? Now, Formula One in itself, it's supposed to be a $21 billion sport. $21 billion sport. $13 billion pounds sport. Do you know what we're talking about? $13 billion naira sport. Now, the interesting thing about Formula One races is that they are held on Sundays. They are held on Sundays. And one of the things I enjoy driving home is that there's a radio station that reports Formula One. I think it's um, uh, Nigeria Info. A lady called Adaze, Adaze, Adaze Michael. I think that's her name. And she reports Formula One. I think about 12 noon or 12.30. So when I'm going home, I love tuning into it. I'm not a Formula One ardent, but I love listening. Maybe I love some level of speed. Pastor and I used to ride bikes, you know, so we like speed. So maybe that's what I do. Now, Formula One is held on Sundays, but a day before, there are what you call the qualifying races. The qualifying races happen on Saturday. And what is the purpose of the qualifying races? It is to determine the position that you will hold in the actual race. Now, the person that does the shortest time, that does a third of the full race in the shortest time, is put at the head of the race, the actual race. And it is called pole position. P-L-E. So, when you are going to, when they would do the race on, have the race on Sunday, it is the person that does the shortest time of one third of the trial race 
that is in the advantageous position. Grace Assembly, because you will enjoy favor and grace this year, God is about to put you in the pole position of winning in the name of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? There are 20 people running the race or taking part in the race. But because you are in pole position, you have what is called a competitive advantage. You are placed in front of the race. This morning, Grace Assembly, I bring you a word which I have titled God's pole position. God's pole position. Now, what does it offer you? Pole position offers you competitive advantage. Everyone starts the race, but only one person is placed ahead in a more advantageous position than others. Again, Grace Assembly, by reason of the word that has come in 2024, in everything you do, you will enjoy pole position in the name of Jesus. I checked up what does comparative advantage. It refers to the factors that allows a good, a company, or a person to be better placed than others. To be better placed than others. The reason why many of us we are struggling is because we are not in a comparative positioning, advantageous positioning. When you check it out, some of the people who seem ahead of us were better than them. When you check it out, we work harder than them. When you check it out, we produce more than them. But for some reason or the other, because we are not in a poor position, we seem to be at the end, at the back of the crowd. I don't know who feels me this morning. Let me, let, me, let me put some scripture to this. Follow me to Genesis 41 verses 38, 37 to 38. Genesis 41 verses. It says, 37, it says, So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. Now, you must read the Bible with understanding. When it says, the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, but God knew that the servants had influence over Pharaoh. It was, if it was not good in the sight of the servants, they can thwart the problem. They can thwart the breakthrough. So, he did not only make the advice good in the sight of Pharaoh, he made it also good in the sight of, of the servants. Then what happened? Give me 38. Then, 38. then Pharaoh said to the same servants, can we find one, can we find 
such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit. Remember where we started from Matthew 20. It says the last shall be the first. Until that time, Joseph was in a dungeon. Until that time, Joseph was in prison. But in the twinkling of an eye, something happened that put him in the pole position. This year, you must pay attention to where you are. This year, you must pay attention to where you are located. I think the summary of this whole positioning was what pastor preached a few weeks ago. When God, he said, God asked Adam, where art thou? Child of God, everywhere you are this year, for you to succeed, you must always ask yourself, where am I? You will find yourself in situations that you may think do not work for you. And like pastor said just this morning, that the people who thought that Joseph was going down, they didn't know that God was using him to move nearer his destiny. You will find yourself in some difficult positions. Do not despair. You will find yourself in some difficult positions. You will want to be like Joseph who said to the butler, speak to the Pharaoh about me, whether he can release me. Even if he had released him, the best they would have done for him was to go back to his father's house when a destiny of prime ministership was waiting for him. You will find yourself in a serious, difficult position. Do not look unto the problem. Look unto God and say, God, in this place that I am, where am I? Because guess what? This year, all things will work together for your good in the name of Jesus. I said it will work together for your good in the name of Jesus. Joseph's skills placed him in a poor position before Pharaoh and eventually made him the prime minister. He granted, it granted him the much needed competitive edge. Child of God, this year you will be divinely positioned in such a way that you will experience the competitive edge and advantage to win in the name of Jesus. I said this year you will enter in positions that will make winning much easier for you. You will enter into some positions that will make winning much easier for you in the name of Jesus. We are better than many people. Until Joseph stood before the Pharaoh, he could not, his skills did not profit him. So you must be careful who you are positioned before this year. Until Joseph stood before the king, he was only interpreting dreams for butlers and bakers. Then something happened that 
took him to stand before the king and not the mere man. Not a mere man. And that's what changed his situation. Sometimes you are going to have to serve people that you think are not the kings. But guess what? They are helping you to position yourself before you stand before a king. There are some assignments that are going to come your way this year. You better heed them because they are helping you go along the way. There are some things that you may think are beneath you, but the Spirit of God is telling you, go and do it. On Wednesday, I couldn't make it. I was mid-flight, but I heard, and that's part of my notes, when we are talking about Ruth, that's a lesson in itself. Maybe on Wednesday we will treat Ruth in detail. And you will see how the instructions to Ruth that seem seemingly demeaning. They seem seemingly demeaning. The, her mother-in-law said to her, go and lie down at the feet a man, not a God. Go and lie down at the feet of a man. And she obeyed. Positioning. Child of God, Ruth was in the back of nowhere. She wasn't part of the plan originally. But guess what? Because she took a position to lie in a position, she was now positioned in the heritage of Jesus Christ. You know, none of us should fail this year. Thank you for saying amen. Thank you for saying amen. But guess what? If we fail, we shouldn't blame God. Call you hear me? We, we shouldn't fail this year. If we heed this word, if we pay attention to positioning everywhere that we do, everything that we do, every interaction, every engagement, every discussion, I, I used to be the president of the African Public Relations Association and my institute then the new president then asked me to take one to help deliver on one assignment and I took it and a very good friend of mine called me and said, why Bill, why would you do that? I said, why? He said, you, a whole president of Africa, how can they give you this assignment and you take it? 
I didn't think about it. I thought that something needed to be done and I could do it. Why can't I do it? You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, even though I, I, I sell reputation, Bible says that Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation. I count myself as nothing. Honestly, that's, you know, sometimes when people are talking about me and I'm looking at, who are they talking about? Honestly, that is my, because I count myself of, I am nothing outside Christ. Nothing. Absolutely. Bible says that man is like vapor. One minute is there, the next is gone. I'm like, I'm like grass. So I said, I, I didn't think about it. And anyway, if it can be done and I'm the person who can do it, I will do it. I went on this trip to Abuja this week. Pastor, if you see how I was being honored. Only because I accepted to serve. And let me tell you something. It's not what, it's not the size, how do I put this? It's not, they can give you something small. You can make it big. It is not the position. It is what you do with the position. It looked like something innocuous. It looked like something demeaning. It looked like something seemingly beneath me. But I didn't see it like that. I saw the vision and the interpretation of God in the position. And I said, this position may be small, but by the grace of God, I got the power. I have the anointing. I have the blessing. I have the favor. I have the grace to make it big. When I finished analyzing what I'm going to do with the position, including bringing the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, pastor, standing ovation. If you are given a position, don't focus on the position. Focus on what you can do with the position. Let's take it further. If no matter how skillful you are, if you are not positioned before a coach or a scout, believe me, you don't know where you are going. There are some people who say that I run alone. I'm a lone ranger. Nobody can teach me. Go to the village. Go to Pastor Collins' village. A footballer that is more skillful than Victor Osime is in that village. The only problem he has, nobody has discovered him. They know they grieve when. <laughs> they grieve. Pastor, they said, if you say that, police can catch him. 
They know they grieve for anybody is a position. I do not agree for coach. I know. You have no mentor. Nobody can speak to you. It's a position. And I can tell you that it's not a poor position. It's not a competitive position. It's not an advantageous position. You must be accountable to somebody. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of steel, but time, chance, and I would add, position happens to them all. Time, chance, and position happens to them all. The only way David could beat Goliath was by showing up at the battlefront. His father went sending him on a seemingly disrespectful assignment. That a man that had been anointed to be the king was now to go and deliver sandwiches. They didn't ask him to deliver spears. They didn't ask him to deliver sword. They didn't ask him to deliver armor. Do you understand me? They didn't ask him to deliver AK-47. They said he should deliver sandwiches. But it was in obeying that he positioned himself in the battle front. That's how he got to the battle. Uh, you know what? God wants to take you somewhere. It's not just the path that you want that is going to manifest. Guess what? You are going to go through. You are going to deliver sandwiches, oh. You are going to deliver sandwiches. Bread. Ati butter. And sardine. Agege bread. Do you know the most painful part, pastor? The father did not even give David out of the sandwiches. Did you read? Did he give David? What did he say? He said, go and deliver. Did he say... Hey, bros, eh, my son, as you are going, I've given you seven sandwiches or eight sandwiches. Take one for yourself and give the rest to your brother. He said, no, go and... But nobody knew that the father knew, didn't know that while he was sending David on this seemingly funny errand, he was pole positioning David. Otherwise, how come David would David would never have encountered Goliath? God needed to put him in a pole position to defeat Goliath. You're on your way to your pole position in the name of Jesus. He, he, let's step back a bit. Let's look at First Samuel. Oh, I need to, to time to go. I'll round up very soon. God said to 
go back. How did this start? Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, and I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king called David amongst his sons. Help me now. A king called David. He said, a king among his son. Which means that anybody could have been king in Jesus' house. Right? Anybody could have been king in Jesus' house. So as of the time that someone was going to Jesus' house, there was no indication of who was going to be king. We only just knew that he must have been a son from among Jesse's house, from amongst his son. Now, give, give, give me um, verse 7. Give me verse 7. Give me verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused you. May, the God, may God not refuse us in the name of Jesus. So what it meant was that man thought he was first. But he didn't reckon with Matthew 17. I think it was Matthew 17 we read. He didn't reckon where God said. If only he would have known. He would have kept quiet. He would have waited so that they would call him last. He put himself first. Say, After all, I'm the firstborn. Then Samuel read. God read Matthew 17 to Samuel. He says, the first shall be the last. Yeah, he was big chested, barrel chested. For the Lord did not see a man as he is. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me now go. Go on, give me verse 8. Verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinab. He must be Abinadab. I've always told you that that boy has leadership skills. So, I made him pass before Samuel. Mm, God said, no, not this one. Nine, give me another one. Then made Shama. You don't want Elijah, I don't, Eliab, uh, Abinabal, Shama. He said, neither. I have not chosen this one. Verse 10. Then Jesse made all his seven sons pass. And the Lord said, not any of this. Everyone that you have positioned first, according to my own order as God, they are not. So, 11, give me verse 11, quickly. Verse 11, quickly. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. Can you imagine? Man of God, your father calls, a man of God comes and says, bring all your sons. You didn't even remember you had one. Honestly. <laughs> If you are me, that day I will change my name. <laughs> or I will go to my mother. You must tell me the truth. Are you sure is this man that born me? How? It's like Pastor Collins. Collins is three boys. Then he forgets. <laughs> Hello? He says, ah! Yepa, that's true. There still remains the youngest. 
Where is he? In military school? No. In architectural school? In uh, what else? Medical school, medical college. Law school. What was he doing? Keeping sheep. Keeping sheep. He's, he was positioned as the last. Last. And someone said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Hey! So Eliab, Abinadab, Shama remained standing. That's a prophecy for somebody. The people that you have been standing for, they are going to stand for you in the name of Jesus. No, let me try this area. I said that is a prophecy for somebody. Bio, the people who have been standing for you, you have been standing for, you are about, they are about to stand for you in the name of Jesus. Give me verse, the next verse. It says what? So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruling with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said what? Arise. No, hold on. Do you know that the brothers were already standing? But the man of God who carried the mantle and the authority of God was sitting. But this last that was going to become the first was so significant that God even told the man of God, you seven call Eddie Day, can you imagine? God says to Pastor Femi Paul, can the delay is coming? Pastor, arise. It's an indication of what God wants to do in your life. He says, arise and anoint him, for this is the one. I don't know who is the one here this morning. I don't know who is the one here this morning. I don't know who the one. I'm looking for who that one is. Okay, I found him. This is the one. Point to me and say this is the one. I say point to me. Me, me, me. Ah, Pastor, your people are disobedient too. Verse 13. He says what? Give me. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. There's a lot more where this came from. Time will not permit me to talk to you about the widow in Zarephath that is found in Luke 4, 25 to 27. Time is not going to permit me to speak to you about Esther and what happened in verse 2, chapter 2, verses 15 to 7. Time will not permit me today to speak to you about Ruth, where I would read from verses 1 to 11 in the Amplified Classic Version. Time will not permit me to tell you about Rebecca, found in Genesis 24, 12 to 18. I'm going to end only with one, with the scripture, 1 to 3. And I'm going to read it both in the New King James Version and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic Version, I believe. And this is the summary of it today, for today. It says, Psalm 1, I know you don't have it. Psalm 1, 
verses 1 to 3. If you can help me, New King James Version, and then um, prepare Amplified Classic Version also. Let me start reading. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Positioning. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Positioning. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Positioning. Give me verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Positioning. And in in his law, he meditates day and night. Positioning. Verse 3. He. 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 And she shall be like a tree positioned by the rivers of water. Then we go back. We go back to Breakthrough Prayers on Monday. That brings forth fruit. It's fruit in its season. Positioning. Whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Positioning. Give me Amplified Classic and we close. Amplified Classic. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Who would like to be in that position? Who is a candidate for that position? Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who is not following their advice, their plans, and their purposes, positioning, nor stands submissive and inactive. It's not my business. It will look come in there. In the path where sinners walk, nor sit down to relax and rest Friday night. Friday night, la la la, Friday. Relax and rest, taking a position where the scornful and the mockers gather. Ha, it was long. Please, verse 2. But his delight and his desires are in the Lord, in the law of the Lord, and on this law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. So when you find him, you find him in the position of studying God, the word of God. Give me verse 3. He shall, you know, the opposite of shall is may. I think English, English auntie, teacher, may means that it's possible whether you are or you may be not. Shall means definitely. 
no matter what, no matter what, <laughs> shall, whether it's raining, you shall be there. When it's sunshine, you shall be there. In drought, you shall be there. In plenty, you shall be there. In abundance, you shall be there. He says, it shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf, let me now turn it, your leaf shall not fade or wither and everything you do shall prosper and come to maturity. That means like unlike Rachel, you will not die on the way to fruitfulness. You will arrive at the land of fruitfulness. You will be fruitful in the name of Jesus. When the time comes for you to die and be buried, you will be buried amongst fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. You will not die on your journey to fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. If you are that person, I need you to stand up. I need you to give a shout of glory. And I need you to say, I will arrive at the land of fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. He says, and it shall come to maturity. You will not have a stillborn. You will not operate in prematureness in the name of Jesus. Ah, there will be no hasty delivery concerning you in the name of Jesus. You will carry your promise to fruition in the mighty name of Jesus. Like the Hebrew the women, you will deliver and you deliver well in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be for you. Thank you, Jesus. This year, we are going to win, sir. All of us are going to win. Why? Because our positioning shall be poor. And God is going to bless us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you have been blessed this morning, I need you to put your hand together for Jesus. I need you to put your hands together for Jesus this morning. That I said put your hands together for Jesus. Premium clap, premium worship, premium clap, premium praise. Give it in the name of Jesus.